0: Welcome to the GDPR Stand-Up Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping you succeed with GDPR compliance. Your host is Rocio Beza. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 27 of the GDPR Stand-Up Podcast. I'm Rocio Baeza, your host, and I'd like to welcome you to today's episode. We are going to be talking about an interesting topic so the title of this episode is Losing $444.4-6 to 6 Hours to Fraudulent Gas Supplier Change. It was tricky for me to record this episode because it just resurfaced a lot of emotions that I started to deal with back in October of 2018. I was hoping that I never had to think about this again just because of just how much time and energy I have put into this circumstance or that I have dedicated in trying to clean this up. But I think that it's very related to the topics that we're talking about in this podcast. In this podcast, one of our goals is to improve the state of things for the everyday consumer as it relates to data privacy. And if you have been catching our episodes in the last two to three uh, the last one or two episodes I've been talking about just consumer stories behind how people have been negatively impacted as a result of their personal information being used in the wrong ways And the reason for sharing these stories is just to get, or just to raise awareness on the issue, raise awareness that if people's personal information wrong fall, if people's personal information falls in the wrong hands, it can really lead to uh, not just inconveniences, but it can actually mess things up a lot to the everyday person. And I think that by sharing the stories, I hope that this will be more and more o- obvious to just the everyday consumer. But I think that this is a great way of motivating and inspiring those that are supporting organizations with data privacy and data security initiatives that we understand the burden, the responsibility that we have in doing this work correctly. If you're a new listener to the podcast, welcome. And if you are a longtime listener of the podcast, thank you for tuning back. And I hope you get to enjoy today's story. So, this episode has a different format than the ones that we've recorded so far. And the way that I'm going to break this down is I'm going to just share what happened, I'm going to talk about how this has impacted me and my family. I'll also reflect back and share the things that I wish I could have done differently if there's any way that I could have traveled back in time. We're also going to be talking about the information that was needed to pull this off. We'll close it out by synthesizing takeaways that practitioners or those security champions that are listening to the podcast that that you can take away uh, and operationalize at your organization. And we will close out with a short public service announcement. All right, so let's start at the top. So what happened? Okay, in a nutshell, guys, I ended up losing about $444 and four to six hours due to a fraudulent change to my gas supplier. So what does that mean? So I'm based here in the US and when it comes to utilities, think gas, things, electric- electricity, we now have options. We have options so that instead of there being just one organization that provides the utilities, there's now a network of organizations that can facilitate that. And the thing behind this, guys, or the way that this is being marketed or the way that this has been marketed to me or the way that I've seen the marketing materials come across, it looks like there are these utility service, let's just call them service providers. There are these utility service providers that are wanting to provide an alternative to the established utility service providers and where i'm i'm based uh that means that you can essentially have two service providers working together to either provide you with your gas your natural gas to keep your house warm or you can have uh, a mul- multiple service providers for your electricity so that we can have our, our 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 lights on and so forth well it turns out that sometime back in either it was probably 2017 sometime in 2017 someone fraudulently signed me up to a new utility provider I'm not gonna be providing names because I haven't run this by my attorney and I don't know what kind of IT risk, I'm sorry, I don't know what kind of legal risk I, am, I may be taking on by dropping names, so I'm gonna keep it an- anonymous. But sometime back in 2017, a utility provider, so I was signed up for their service And I was signed up in a service where for a a year I would be receiving my natural gas through that provider. So instead of just NICOR gas providing our gas, it was NICOR gas and this additional service provider. Fast forward a year and a half. I owe $444 to this additional natural gas service provider this supplier and I've spent about four to six hours dealing with this issue. And that that amount of time is going to go up until this is fully resolved. And so. I think I need to dig a little bit deeper so that you understand where, 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 where this loss in money and, and time is co- coming from. So all this information is in my head, and I'll do my, my best to bre- break it down. So someone signed me up for a switch to our natural gas supply supplier, and I was enrolled so that we would have a fixed price when it comes to our natural gas for over a year. And I was signed up for a program where the natural gas would be delivered to my home at a fixed price over the year. And then after that year was over, I would be assigned to a daily rate for the gas that we were using at our home. And this is a big deal, guys, because so the way that utility works here in my area is the the price per unit per unit in this case for for natural gas it fluctuates it fluctuates based on the weather it fluctuates based on supply it fluctuates based on demand it's a commodity so the rate of whatever units a home consumes that rate will 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 vary uh on a daily basis and the marketing pitch behind these natural gas suppliers is that instead of having to deal with a daily fluctuation of 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 the cost for natural gas we would be assigned a fixed unit cost or a fixed unit price so that we can better plan for or we can better budget for how much we should expect to pay for our natural gas. And it turns out that I went, so I was signed up without my authorization, without my consent. I was signed up to this program. I was on this program for a fixed rate natural gas supplier. And after that one year was up I was added to a fluctuating rate that was actually significantly higher than what Nycor Gas was char was charging, and that ended up um, that ended up me being in a situation where for two to three months I was paying a ridiculous rate for my natural gas. And when I caught the issue and after making several phone calls and trying to figure out what happened, I was not able to stop service with this alternative gas pro- supplier. So I had to take some drastic changes so that I would stop the bleeding. I did not want to play the- these ridiculous rates for something that I didn't sign up for. It was just ridiculous. So that's what happened. Now let me talk about how this has impacted me. I've spent four to six hours trying to understand what happened, why am I in this situation in the first place and how I could get myself out out, out of these ridiculous bills for a service that I did not sign up for. This time has gone into reviewing utility bills for the last year. I've made phone calls to the gas supplier. I've been making phone calls to NICOR gas. I've been making phone calls to consumer protection groups that are in place to resolve issues like this. I've spent time explaining what happened to my husband. I've spent time searching for local lawyers that can help. I've spent time talking with collections agents, explaining why this balance is outstanding and past due. And this has, not only has this taken up just my time in going through all these activities, but it, it's also had a, a, an energy drain. I've had to think about this since October of last year. It's been in, in the back of my mind that it's still an open issue. It's still not closed out. And by recording this episode and talking about that story here, I'm just adding to that time count, right? So... Hopefully, this story shed, sheds lights to just the importance of protecting people's information and the importance of organizations having processes in place to handle cases of fraud, to handle cases of identity theft, so that when something isn't right, there's a way for consumers to get this corrected. So an interesting, so you're probably wondering, well, Rocio, how do you know that someone fraudulently signed you up for the service? Why do you think that this may be a valid case? And I would say that I would even go as far as to say that I think this may classify as a case of stolen ID. identity I'm not sure so in my many calls with the customer service reps I and just reviewing letters it sounds like someone targeted me where they submitted a request for my home for my address to have a natural gas supply so supplier chain change. So when we got the when we got our home, so our gas was being supplied by a NICOR Gas. And I think that, that this is something that that's pretty static. So you will have a default utility prov- provider based on where you you live. And and for us that's NICOR Gas. But in 2017, some some somehow someone was able to get a hold of my information and they basically submitted a request to this service provider to have my natural gas s- supply be delivered by this new organization and not EniCore gas. And the reason that I know that this happened is because I started to receive these odd letters in the mail. They were addressed to a Lovey Johnson. There is no Lovey Johnson that lives in my home. I don't have a family or a friend or a relative by that name. But I did notice at, at, at some point that I was receiving le- letters addressed to a Lovey Johnson in our home. And all these letters were related to promotional material for utility service providers. So it's not just through the letters that I feel very confident in saying that someone fraudulently used my information and possibly used my information to commit identity theft. Or identity theft fraud. But when I was speaking with the various customer service reps, they were surprised that they were not speaking with Lovie Johnson, they were surprised that they were speaking with me. And that's very odd, because all of my correspondence with my core gas is under my name. But for some reason, this alternative gas supplier had a different name on file. so in in looking back, that's why I think that I have been a victim of fraud. I have been a victim of identity theft. and I'm hoping that with this episode, we can shed a light here. You may have heard of these service providers. So I've come across them in, in, in many forms. So at first, they would typically just uh, show up at my home. Someone would knock, and it looks like there were these sales representatives that were going door to door, to door trying to get residents to switch uh, from their default utility providers to these new utility pro- providers that, that were starting to show up. So it's possible that this incident originated there. Someone that was representing the company as a sales agent, they—it's possible that they signed me up um, that way. I've also seen sales representatives for these types of organizations at large, big box stores. Think Walmart. Think target and it they basically have a, a, t- a table set up in the middle of the store so they have access to a lot of foot traffic and they ask questions like hey do you want to sign up for uh to receive more information about our services hey we're offering a free gift card if you sign up with us t- today And so these are the two ways that I've seen, uh, these registrations, uh, be being taken, but just in doing due diligence on my, on my part, I was, as, as I was trying to investigate things, it it, it looks like people are also able to sign up online. So that's, that's what, what happened. Um, someone fraudulently signed me up for a change to my natural gas utility provider. I ended up having to pay two to three months of my natural gas uh, under a ridiculous uh, rate because the one year promotion rate that someone signed me up, up for had expired. And looking back after going through this pain I think there are two 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 things that I would have done differently and I think that I can only see 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 this because of because in hindsight things are usually clear. So the first thing that I would have done differently is I should have called the utility company. I should have called natural gas sooner when I started to see the name of another company Showing up on my utility bill. I will admit I did see that there that instead of it just being Nightcore Gas, it was Nightcore Gas and another organization. Like that organization's name was coming up in my utility build. And I didn't think anything of it in the moment. I just thought it was an administrative piece of information that was being displayed on the bill. And I the other change that I would do is I would open all physical mail and letters that were, that we receive. So I I remember that when I was a kid I would always get excited about having to look go to the mailbox and see what kind of mail we had received for the day. And that feeling con- like that feeling has continued uh as I've become an adult. But I would say for the last year or two years, I, that in interest and that excitement of receiving mail has turned into dread and frustration because we now only receive promotional material and postcards of things that people are selling that, that I'm being asked to buy, whether it be a new sale at the local store, whether it be a new service that's available in the area. And we don't receive interesting pieces of, of mail anymore. We only receive these promotional materials and it just turns into junk that that clutters the kitchen. But it's very possible that one of these pieces of mail communicated that there was a change in my natural gas supplier, so In hindsight, I should have done a better job of opening every single piece of mail that came through our door to make sure that if this was communicated by a a physical mail, a physical piece of mail, that I would have caught this much sooner. And I will say, when I saw that in my utility bill there, there there was now mention of a of a new of a an additional service provider. I didn't think anything of it. it, it, it didn't hurt and because it didn't hurt I I, I really just thought it was in just in for informational purposes because I thought it was informational pur- purposes and because it didn't hurt I it wasn't an issue to me. But when I opened up a gas bill in October of 2018 and I saw that my natural gas utility bill was three times higher than what it should have been, that hurted. That hurted a lot. It was right before the holiday break. I'm sorry, before the holiday season. It was right before Christmas and knowing that I had to pay a utility bill for three times higher than what I was forecast casting, it, it hurted a lot. And it was that that triggered me to start to pay more attention, ask questions, and try to understand, All right, why am I being billed for this amount for my utility bill when it's usually a third of that. Let me talk about the information that was need, needed to pull this off. And this is my hypothesis in going to the, this natural gas supply, supplier's website and just based on my interactions with those representatives that have knocked at my door asking if I want to change service providers, It sounds like this is a piece of information that is is needed to pull this off. A person's name, a person's email address, and a person's physical address. That's it. If you have those three pieces of information, my hypothesis is that anyone can submit a change or a a request to change your natural gas supplier or your electricity supplier. In the service providers website, they do ask for account numbers. So, so in my case, it would be the account number associated with NICOR gas. And they also ask for a social security number or a driver's license number. So this is a way of uniquely uh, matching up to a, a specific individual. But in some cases, they may want to run a credit check on you before allowing you to change utility suppliers. The reason that I'm, I'm sharing this, guys, is so that you know that very A low amount of personal information that we oftentimes don't see or don't it doesn't register to us that this is personal information very publicly available pieces of information can be used to do something as obtrusive as changing your natural gas supplier and the reason that I'm sharing this guys is so, so that as professionals, as we are supporting our organizations with data privacy, with data security, that we can take it a little bit more seriously that if we are working with people's names, if we are working with people's email addresses, if we are working with people's physical address, this is information that is valuable. It is valuable enough. To gain a new customer for a alternative utility supply supplier, and if this happens, if if this happened to me, I'm pretty sure it can happen to any anyone else. And because there are financial incentives to for these sales representatives and for these alternative utility service providers to get new new customers, like it it. Because this financial incentive exists, I think that it's tempting for these types of pieces of information to be found and dig up to cash in on these financial incentives. Now, I'm not saying that all alternative utility service providers are like this, but I am saying that this happened to me. This was painful. I paid with time. I paid with money. And I don't want this to happen to anyone else. All friends and families that I know went through a similar situation where they signed up for a change because they were promised lower prices, they were promised better service, they were promised better customer experience. They've all been very negative experiences. They've all all been cases where people were promised a price that price was uh, honored for a period of time but after a period of time that that price was no longer being honored and these individuals were locked into a contract that if they tried to walk out they had to pay a termination fee this is is something that i've come across with people that i know personally this has now impacted me and my family And I want to do my part to make sure that this doesn't happen to anyone else. And if it happens to someone else, that you take it seriously and get this resolved as soon as possible before you get a utility bill that is two to three times more than what your typical usage is. I want to leave uh, data security practitioners and data privacy practitioners with two takeaways the first one is you and your organization have a moral responsibility to protect information that we commonly think of being publicly available information if you are working with people's names if you are working with people's physical mailing address if you are working with people's email address take that seriously Take that seriously and take on the responsibility of protecting that information. If a consumer provided you with that inform, inform, information, you need to keep that information confidential. You need to take this information as, conf, as confidential information. Yes, it may be publicly available. It may be publicly available in a number of different da- databases that may be out there but if someone entrusted you with this information, if these consumers are entrusting your organization with this information, you need to take that seriously. That Those three pieces of information was sufficient for me to, for someone else to sign me up for a service that I did not want, and I ended up having to deal with a $444 bill for for a spike in my utility rate because I didn't renew a subscription that someone had fraudulently signed me up for. The second takeaway that I want to leave you with is I want you to know that your organization needs to know how to handle cases of identity theft or fraudulent claims. If you don't already have an internal process to take in calls or inquiries from people that are saying, hey, you're billing me for something that I never signed up for, you need to have internal processes in place to intake these in- inquiries, handle these expeditiously, investigate this internally and do this in a way that balances impact to the organization and impact to the consumer. If your organization is already in a regulated space, then you probably already have these processes in place. But if you're in your organization and you're still trying to navigate this, or maybe you are in a regulated space, but you haven't fleshed out these business processes internally, Make sure that you add this to the roadmap. If you're in a position of authority, make sure that this is in the roadmap. And if you are are a member of a supporting staff, then bring this up to your boss. Bring this up that you are working with and processing people's personal information. And if someone calls in saying that, Their information was used fraudulently or someone stole their identity and your organization is now billing them for services that they did not sign up up for, you need to be able to address this and handle this and protect yourself, protect the organization, but also look after the consumer. Before we wrap up with today's episode, guys, I just want to leave you with a public service announcement. Be cautious with any representatives that are promising better rates, that are providing you with incentives to change something. Here today, we were talking about our utility service providers. When a family or a friend asks me about these service providers, this is what I tell I tell them. So, well, this is what I do. If I encounter any sales representatives either at the front of my door or at a big box store, I run. I walk away. My boil, my blood immediately starts to boil and I don't want to engage in the conversation with them if I end up not being able to avoid them completely and they might ask me, hey, do you want to sign up for our service or do you want to get a new gift card uh, today? I respond with, I signed up for something like this. Not No, I I had a very bad experience with a service provider like yours. I got screwed and I am not going to put myself in that situation again. And I walk away. I, I may not be kind. Uh, I I I that is a very direct message. And I'm not letting the I'm I'm not giving the other person the opportunity to speak, but that's because I don't want to engage in the conversation that is only going to frustrate me even more. And if you are considering switch switching utility support. If you are considering signing up with a new utility supplier, I would say ask lots of questions. Make sure that you understand, all right, what kind of incentive are these people? do these people have if you do sign up with them? What happens? You want to also learn what happens if you sign up for the service and midway you change your, your mind. Would you be able to walk out of that engage, of that service agreement or are there any repercussions in doing so? And before you sign anything, make sure you read the, the, the fine print. Make sure that any verbal promises that were made that you see that in in writing and if you don't, just walk away. All right guys, I hope this was useful. I hope this was not just me ranting on about a unfortunate situation that I had to go through. This is still an ongoing issue. I don't know when it will be fully closed out, but if there are any interesting developments, I'll make sure to share them on my end. Thank you very much for catching today's episode. And I want to remind you, if your organization is dealing with any, are working on any data security or data privacy initiatives, things things like GDPR, CCPA, or something related, and you can benefit from outside help, let me know. Send me a a message, and uh, let's talk about ways that I might be able to support you. My email is rocio at cybersecuritybase.com. You should be able to see that in the show notes. And Rocio is spelled as follows, R-O-C-I-O at cybersecuritybase.com. Thank you very much, guys, and we'll see you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the GDPR Stand-Up Podcast. If you need additional help, please check us out at gdprstandup.com. Until next time.